Ham Jambo, Si Jambo Leo. So last week we discussed vulnerability, being open, of course, with the right people, the right person, and allowing them to also feel comfortable enough to be open and share with you. We discussed, you know, understanding um, ourselves enough and being comfortable with ourselves enough to know that if we have trauma, that we must overcome that and address it before being open with a person because in any case where a person tries to use this, we no longer feel threatened by this. We're no longer triggered by them doing this. And the point of being vulnerable is to share yourself openly, regardless of the consequences, um, because you show up for your authentic self. And people um, who do show up as being themselves completely vulnerable, um, they live healthier lives emotionally because they know that to be able to connect with someone, we must be vulnerable. We must be in a vulnerable state, which just simply means to be open and willing to share. But in order to be in our space, we must overcome and heal from what we still have yet to heal from, whatever traumatized us. And so in this week, we are discussing, again, trauma and staying closely connected to the circumstances and situations that's re-traumatizing us. Yes, I know. We participate in the trauma by staying close to the people or the things that have traumatized us and Since we're so closely connected to it, each day or each trigger, we're re-traumatizing ourselves. we're, We're feeling the emotions again as if the same situation is happening at that given moment. So when we do this, when we stay stuck in trauma or a traumatic what we're doing essentially is preventing ourselves from growing to the next phase of our lives because we're stuck in this emotional connection that is pulling us to stay in this traumatized state of mind and therefore preventing us from thinking and acting in ways that's more beneficial to our lives and our productivity. Ooh, this is going to be a a really good podcast. Today's podcast is sponsored by Yamorgis Media. It is that time of the year to get your professional photos and videos done for your business or your personal needs. Some of us are trying to start off the year on a right note. And what better way can you do this with showcasing your fresh 
new look. New Year photos to show off your new products or that fresh new look that you're bringing in 2022. They are having a 25% off winter special right now, so book your professional photo shoot today. Links are in the description box. So, how do you know if you're stuck in your trauma? Because most of us can be walking around, of course, with trauma, but yet some of us don't really show that we've experienced it or we don't know how to recognize that we're stuck in our trauma because it's so normalized in our lives that we have always acted this way. We always react to people this way. And so since we do this majority of the time and we created scripts for our lives, now it's I don't I'm not traumatized. I'm okay. No, that don't that don't bother me. Mm-mm. But in actuality, we're stuck in the emotional bondage to that trauma that we've experienced. So I've been able to observe this within myself and my background of course comes from foster care. And every time I talk to someone who has helped me or who is helping foster youth, every time they say that foster youth go back to their parents and the parents have traumatized us or their situation of being placed into foster care is traumatizing. But for most of us, if we know our parents and our families, we go back. Why is the big question. So I went back to the thing and the people that caused me my emotional breakdown or my confusion. And I did it mainly because they were my family and I wanted to have an identity. I was really looking for who I was because the foster family that I stayed with was not my biological family members and I didn't quite identify with them. So I was reaching out to understand my background and to know, um, and I don't think at a young age I was kind of investigating what might impact me um, emotionally or might be in my genetics. I wasn't really thinking about that, but I just wanted to know more about who I was. So I think for a lot of us, even when we are dealing with friendships, toxic friendships, or romantic partners, we tend to go back to the very thing that is causing us a lot of pain and stress because we are used to it. We're normalizing this abuse against us, but since we don't know anything else, we go back. And I don't think that we understand the impact sometimes. And if we do understand the impact, at certain phases of our lives, we don't care. 
So I want to talk about how we can notice the emotional um, patterns that we fall into and the triggers that we have. Because when we are being re-traumatized by the very people that we're close to and we stay, we tend to make excuses for their behaviors and cover up what we're going through and we're not recognizing the repeated behavior from them and so when we do recognize that repeated continuous behavior we then make excuses and say that it's something that it's not and even though we know that we should leave it for our mental sanity or our emotional well-being we stay because we have gotten too comfortable However, when you begin your healing journey, when we all step into our healing journey, we become mindful to watch and just observe our emotions without judging them. Watch the behaviors and the actions of other people because words are just words, right? The actions that people show you, the character that they have, the values that they show up with, those things matter. And so when we begin our healing journey, we start to look at the patterns of behaviors from people. We notice patterns and behaviors within ourselves. And then we are consciously making a decision to either re-traumatize ourselves by staying in this abusive, toxic interaction with whoever it may be, or to limit how much access we give to a person for our mental and emotional well-being. So, I know for me, I definitely... So honestly, we can't control our emotions. If we feel upset about something, that's just an emotion. If we feel sad, just an emotion. If we feel mad, just an emotion. But what we do have control over is how we react to what we feel. So just because I feel mad or angry, that does not give me the right to react in a way that may say, I'm going to punch you in the face because... Hey, I can't control the way that I feel. No, 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 no. You have the power to control your actions, right? A feeling is going to come and it's going to go. But the action that you take that follows the feeling that you have, it's all on you. So we cannot just walk around punching people in the face because, hey, we got upset and now it's time to beat some stuff down. That's the reaction. That's the action that we're taking because we feel something. So if we were to use this feeling of anger and turn it into something productive, 
someone might take this this anger and go boxing or running. For me personally, I used to do my workouts and I would do push-ups and this is the most that I have I have done when I was mad is 10 push-ups in a set of 10. So I would make it up to 100 within a short period of time and I would just take breaks up to like 10 seconds, right? So I would do 10 push-ups within 10 seconds, take a break for 10 seconds and hit another set of 10. And I learned not primarily that technique, but I learned to exercise when I was upset from my brother. And so whatever you do with your emotion matters because it's always about transferring the energy that you have. And what we want to do is make it constructive. But that has not always happened. We do not always do it constructively. I can tell you a ton of stories where I did not utilize my anger productively. Did not happen for me. I was very upset in my life. And I did some things that I probably should not have. And I learned my lessons now. But yeah, it happens. It happens where we feel something. And when we feel that, we react immediately. And sometimes we don't have a reaction at all. We just kind of transmute it into something else. But what happens when we are provoked? Right? When someone is intentionally trying to make us become triggered and they want us to stay stuck in our trauma because for them, for us to stay stuck, that means that we stay stuck at their level, right? And so if they're intentionally trying to provoke us to be mad, to be sad, to be whatever they want us to be, they're intentionally wanting us to stay at their level. And that it's not okay. Because some of us don't recognize the only reason that they're in our lives is to do just that. Intentionally get us to stay at their level and not grow, not advance our lives, not become smarter and deal with our emotional pain, not to identify what that trauma is, not to, I mean, not to um, stop it at us. They want the trauma to continue to go down from generation to generation. And maybe it's not intentional, but they do it. So what do we have the ability to do, right? We have the ability to choose to give them time and attention. We don't have to give them our time and attention, especially if they're causing us pain, stress, emotional breakdowns. We have the open choice to say, because I know that you're going to trigger me today, I refuse to answer the phone. I literally have a, a short conversation when I see certain numbers pop on my phone. I'm like, mm, 
take my second and breathe, right? And then I say to myself, I don't have to answer. I don't always have to show up for them. I can show up for myself. And today I choose me. So today I choose not to answer that phone call. Today I choose to put my phone on silent or airplane mode to not receive phone calls. Or selective phone calls. So I put it on um, like a bedtime and only certain select numbers are able to reach me. That's how I take control over my well-being because I know that certain people are calling me because they want to trigger me. And I don't know about you, but when I'm triggered, emotionally triggered, I stay stuck in that emotion for a very long time. And this is what prevents us from prevailing in our lives and growing because when we are triggered and we feel that emotional response, sometimes it's harder to get out of that emotional response and to move on with our lives. So even though I had a a productive day ahead of me, once I got into that emotional response because someone triggered me, now I have forgotten all about what I was supposed to do that day or that week. And now I'm only focusing on how I feel at that given time. And I struggle to move out of that space. I don't know if that's you, but if that's you, yo, let me know if you struggle emotionally to move yourself sometimes out of an emotional state that's so low of like sadness, depressed, and overwhelmed, and you are in that space and someone caused it, right? If someone caused it, you now have the power to not allow that to happen. But you got to be aware of it. And I'm so happy that I'm aware that I stay stuck in a certain emotional state because someone triggered me. Because, y'all, I, for a very long time, would just, like, have this understanding, like, what is going on? Like, and I was I was just blaming it all on myself. Like, oh, my gosh, like, you're just feeling lazy and all these other things. But in reality, I allowed myself to stay stuck. Because I allow someone to trigger me. Y'all, let's move on. So I did some research and I found that uh, typically when we re-traumatize ourselves or when we experience this, we have a, a feeling of loss of safety and security. So it's like we're on the edge, right? We're waiting for something to happen. And sometimes we lose that joy for life. Like I just said, right? I am stuck in an emotional state because I was triggered. And that emotional state can be sadness from the feeling of being abandoned and not loved or not cared about. So now, do I see myself having a joyous life? Even though joy happens to us daily, we definitely have to look at what what happens to us on a daily basis, but joy in life is consistent. We have to be the ones that actively look and seek it out and pay attention to it and put our focus on it, right? 
But when I'm stuck in an emotional state of sadness or the feeling that I was abandoned or not loved or cared about, now I'm not looking for the joy, the spark in my life anymore. I'm focused on my feeling of sadness. And even if something joyous happened to me that day, I overlook it because I'm still stuck in that emotional state. All right, let's continue to move on because when we have when we have that loss of security and safety, it can then lead to especially feeling it too long, it can lead to depressive disorders and a feeling of hopelessness as if life is not going to get better and it cannot get better, which is completely wrong, right? But When we are triggered, stuck in our emotion, have a loss of enjoyment and joy for life, then it progresses into us being down for a week, two weeks. Now we have this hopelessness. We can't see beyond what we feel, but... It's about controlling your thoughts, controlling your mind, and eliminating the things that do not make you feel a zazz for life, enthusiastic to wake up. It's about eliminating those things, but you have to become conscious of what those things are. So y'all, people devoted their lives to studying trauma. There are trauma-informed care and these are people psychologists um, therapists who study and put in the work yes y'all put in the work to really identify our histories of trauma what causes the traumatic stress the symptoms that we have and then they work to consider what effort needs to be taken. And their their job is to create an environment that seek to essentially help us understand the trauma and to put into place in our lives how to move into the next stage of our lives. But I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I'm about to ask a question. These were some of the symptoms, and I want to see how many people actually feel these symptoms. Because sometimes it can be safe to feel traumatic symptoms. It can make you feel comfortable. So you stay. You stay in your trauma because it, it feels comfortable. Or you've gotten so used to it that even though it's uncomfortable to feel this way, you still don't know how to move out of that space into a better space. So recurring intrusive nightmares is is one. I don't know. Do you remember your your dreams? And if not, I just, I'm going to tell you some steps below, but... Do you remember your dreams? And sometimes we have the feeling 
we don't remember the the memory of our dreams, but we have the feeling from our dreams. I know I I have like a lot of feelings from my dreams. And what do that make you feel like? Because when you wake up, you feel something, right? And that controls your morning. So if you feel bad in the morning time, it literally controls how you feel and what you do for the rest of the day. So do not allow somebody to mess up your mornings, right? Protect your energy in the morning. So what do you feel from from your night? Painful memories that are burst forward, right? So we immediately think about them. And sometimes it's without being provoked. Sometimes we just feel uh, overwhelming uh, sense of sadness or anger or shamed or overwhelmed just from simple thoughts. And that thought lead us into a rabbit hole of like, man, I shouldn't have done this. I, should, I shouldn't have done that. And why couldn't I? And sometimes these thoughts and feelings and trauma They don't belong to us, and some of them do. Some of them we take for ourselves. Some of them, someone else puts them onto us, and then some, we're just reacting because, well, depending on how you grew up, your parents. I know for me, this has to be a separate podcast, but the impact of my parents on me and so one can say this is and it could be considered overbearing parental overbearing but because the trauma that my mom experienced and me having to watch my siblings be reintroduced to her trauma I myself now tries so hard to prevent it that some things can never be prevented you know it's out of my control I don't know what might happen or could happen I can give tips for prevention but I cannot prevent something so I think for me I act in such a way to overly protect my children because the trauma that my mom and my siblings have gone through and that's not the only thing but that's just one one thing that when it's mentioned I have no emotional connection of sadness I have a more protective instinct inside of me when I'm triggered around certain situations that happen to others around me, but I've never firsthand experienced. And so for me, I'm triggered in a more protective mode than a sad mode. But there are other, you know, symptoms that um, we feel. And These are some of the things where we can recognize it first and then do something about it later. 
So we have this sudden feeling of being disconnected or unsafe, right? If we're still living from this traumatic experience, we can be triggered. And now we have this feeling of being disconnected from the people around us. Or now we don't feel safe in the environment that we're in. And I know some people go as far as to say that they can't control their feelings or they spaced out and they just disconnected from the world with no reason to, but they blanked out. Those are things to recognize. And when you're speaking with people too, it might not be something that you experience personally, but when you speak to someone and they black out because you mentioned something to them and they black out and they're so disconnected or they're monotone, right? And you're like, what's going on? They're re-traumatized in that moment and they don't know how to emotionally deal with that trauma. And so the first thing is about recognition of that being within yourself or that being within someone else. And recognition is the priority because when you're able to recognize it and and see it now you can do something about it I haven't really had the I can't control my feelings or I am disconnected from this world but I've gone through disconnection because everyone was connected to their phone so that's a that's a different type of a disconnect but for my emotions and the world no I think that Personally, I like to be alone when it comes to dealing with my emotions. But I guess like I need to also like I'm on the other side of the spectrum. So it's one side where you can't control them. It's another side where you can't share them. I would say that's just my opinion. But I think I'm on a side where I just sometimes cannot share um, and be, be vulnerable sometimes with certain people. And yeah, I'm on the opposite end of not being able to control them. I feel like I have like a good control over them. I at least watch them. I'm not saying that I don't have a reaction. I'm saying that sometimes um, I, I, <laughs> I don't have a good control over my emotions in terms of uh, my reaction to them sometimes, right? I'm like, oh, I know that this triggers me. I know that I should probably walk away. And sometimes I don't. Um, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to match your energy, right? I be on that sometimes too. But the overwhelming feeling of not being able to control them to every situation, you don't have control of your emotions in every situation. You're overwhelmed all the time you're sad all the time someone can say something and it triggers old memories and the emotions that come with those old memories and you feel like you can't escape it and so you continue to go right back into the pattern that's being stuck and I'm not saying that I'm I'm so far advanced um because I'm not I'm still on my healing journey so 
do I match people's energy? Yes, yes, I do. I definitely take it there sometimes. So I'm not perfect when it comes to controlling my emotions. I just refuse to share them at times. But this is a lot of people who don't want to be vulnerable or share their emotions and others who will match it or go to the extreme with feelings. I was just talking to someone about that where a person might match you, but then the other person might exceed you and take it to the next level, which you weren't prepared for going to that level, but they took it there. And they like, well, match this now. And you're like, nah, I'm good. But let's continue. <laughs> let's continue. Nah, I'm good. I'm not going to match your energy. <laughs> you exceeded my energy. You just took it to the, the next level, the extreme. Now you on fight time. But you you weren't on fight time. You were on um, let's argue time. And they were on fight time. So Yeah, that's what I mean by someone matching you and exceeding you and ready to take you to the next level. But I don't know. That's being triggered, definitely. But I can't say that that's being stuck in your your trauma. I don't know. It would be like by individual basis. But strategies. Let's get down to some of the strategies that I have for promoting safety because I know Safety is important. It's definitely crucial to make sure that you feel safe. And sometimes, like when I mentioned last podcast episode, we discussed telling people um, what our emotional state is or being vulnerable and open to people. But, but you must feel safe within and secure within yourself to even be able to do this, right? So sometimes it just takes, you know, telling a person that you needed to end the conversation and, you know, walk away to stay calm or take, you know, seconds to just do a breathing exercise, right? Um, But whatever makes you feel comfort in that space, that's what you need to do. So I know for some therapists, they teach the grounding exercises when you feel unsafe or you feel that certain emotions are being uh, driven up out of you and now you're about to have like this reaction and you want to prevent yourself from having this reaction. Uh, some grounding exercising exercises. So giving yourself a hug, I tell myself this is sort of like what I would do is I hug myself and I say, I'm safe, I am loved, or loved, I am calm. I know for me that works. Um, And you could say this even by placing your hand over your heart and over your stomach. I do some meditation. um, And so these are some of the techniques that I do where I am at least holding myself for comfort. The holding of yourself provides you with the comfort, right? And if you struggle with other people, I guess, touching you, um, because that can be something that we have a, ooh, tension, right? When people touch us. And so if you have a struggle with this, holding yourself in in the embrace or a hug works, Um 
but repeating these words of I am loved, even if you are the one that's providing yourself with the love, you know that it's there. I am safe. I am calm. Because a lot of times, I'll just use myself as an example, um, not feeling that I was loved or accepted or um, like other people, for example, I felt alone. And so I think for me, it was trying to find a connection. And sometimes finding a connection means finding that within yourself, connecting to you, your authentic self. And so giving yourself a way to ground yourself, it can be opposed or opposed, not opposed, opposed or a, a feeling or a touching um, or holding yourself. I know for me, it's yoga, it's exercises, and then it's meditation. The second is giving yourself routines. So this one, I am struggling with y'all. So I'm not going to see you and be like, oh, you need to do Nah. Listen, I knew I had a routine when I was in grade school up to high school. I had a routine. I had to go to school at a certain time. I had to wake up at a certain time. Regardless of if I did not go to sleep on time, I knew that wake up time was on time. I had a bus to catch. Or when I started driving, I had to ride myself to school. Whoop. But when I got to college, I also had a routine. Other people made these routines. Like I was I was making my schedule right, but the school system said that you had to pick from these classes and these were the times, these were the days. And so I blended my schedule even though I picked what I wanted to go to. It was said that at eight o'clock in the morning I have a class. At 11 o'clock in the morning, I have a class. And I knew on what days I had those classes. So the routine was there and structured for me. And so when you're thinking about the emotional feeling of instability and being unsafe or being overwhelmed, look at the routines that you have do you have and it don't have to be like the youtubers this is my morning routine no do you have certain things that you do in the mornings do you wake up at a certain time do you go to bed at a certain time do you eat at a certain time but something within your schedule that's consistent So for me personally, I have a few things that's consistent. And so when I feel like, oh my gosh, my life is falling apart, I know that I can rebalance myself with um, Tuesday at 12, I have um, my therapy. And then Thursday in the evenings, I have swimming. And so for those two days, I don't care what's going on my entire week right? I don't care what happens. Me not being productive, me being in a moody state, whatever. I know that those two things are what ground me because I show up. I show up. So I know, 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 I know. I need to get better at creating the routines for myself, but for the most part, um, it hasn't been done yet. Like, 
on a good level. I know that I have done routines, not saying that I don't have any whatsoever because we fall into a certain pattern uh, regardless of us creating and writing it down. But yes, I do have sort of like a night routine. I know what I do and I, I haven't just kind of laid it out to see it visually because I am a visual learner and I have a photo memory type of setup for certain things. And so I haven't been able to look and see my nighttime schedule, my morning time schedule, and to really just put it down on paper. But if you do feel overwhelmed, that could be something that you do. And the third is having a conversation about safety and the feeling of being unsafe and the behaviors, the actions that we partake in when we feel either of the two, right? What do we do when we feel unsafe? How do we react? I'll leave you with that. I'm not going to tell you how I react when I feel um, insecure, unsecure, um, unsafe, you know, a lot of different things. I'm not going to tell you how I react, but I definitely want you to observe within yourself what are your actions when you feel like you're under attack, right? And maybe it, it is someone's trying to threaten you, trigger you, and get you to be at their level and match their energy, but sometimes it can just be perceived that way as well. So what do you do in response to this? So that is the end of this podcast, and I definitely appreciate you listening to it. I always get excited for releasing another podcast and then to go in to kind of see, you know, who's listening and why. What was the greatest thing about each podcast and what were the takeaways from it? And what I do know is that I have young listeners that are like 18 to around my age, age, so under 30, right? And I would love to know what you're thinking about the podcast and what topics you would like to see. I am trying to branch out into other social media platforms. It is taking me a little bit of time to kind of do so. But yes, I do want to have an interactive um, relationship with the community and we are on Instagram. So yes, I definitely want you to come over because we are starting to do lives on Instagram. And then we're also trying to reach um, or have our podcast onto YouTube um, or at least snippets onto YouTube, kind of branch out to meet more people who might go on there for the topics that we have or DM me on Instagram and kind of let me know. Comment on a picture. And if you do enjoy this podcast, share it with people who might like this type of podcast. And, 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 and um, leave us a review. We would love to know your um, responses. We would love to know what you think about the podcast and what we can do both good and bad, we would love to know what we can improve on. And we would love to know what you want to hear. We have a ton of 
you know, episodes are already kind of generally together. So whatever new episodes that you would like, we would definitely love to talk about it. And if that means getting someone onto the podcast to speak with me and jump back and forth like me and Lex were doing, um, that can happen too. So again, thank you so much for listening and until next week, I appreciate you and I'll talk to you later. Welcome to Yamoja Speaks Podcast with your host, Shalonda. This is a conversation about trauma and how it impacts our personal development journeys, taking accountability, and uncovering how foster care and the relationships that we had or didn't have shape who we are and who we will become. This podcast addressed foster care and the system and how foster youth are underprepared for the transition into adulthood. We provide resources and a community to to discuss the issues with the child welfare system and helping youth make that smooth transition into adulthood to better their life choices and ultimately better their lives. If this podcast interests you, we ask you to join the community at Yamoja Speaks on Instagram as well as Facebook. We are branching out to other social media platforms. And if this resonates with you, we ask to share with any of your networks.